for the touchdown. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. Always exciting to play at home. We all want to play at home, and this is an unbelievable venue to play at. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. On a personal level for me, I just we can't wait to get to the game day, right? We can't wait to get on the grass. JT The Brick. Cars up underneath James. Going to fire quickly. Jackpot, baby. Touchdown, Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. Thanks for joining us today. What we think we got a big show and a big rest of the week brought to you by PT's Taverns. As you know, PT's has 65 locations here in the Valley. Go stop by. They are an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights, and they do an unbelievable job on game night and all the other nights. They have a fantastic time. It's the pigskin and puck food specials. Head on out to any PTs to pregame for Raiders or to watch a Golden Knights game as they beat the Kraken, which is a good thing. You don't want to lose to an inaugural expansion team. We in Vegas were once an inaugural expansion team and beat the hell out of everybody. Went to the Stanley Cup final. So we don't want the other team coming in after us, us, team we root for, to do anything like that. Want to bury that team. And they're going to be able to do that hopefully more and more. Hopefully everybody's excited today. We have a bunch of guests coming up. First, the president of the Raiders, Dan Ventrelli. There's some alternate screening coming up for this game, which is the biggest game ever. The biggest game ever in the history of this franchise in Vegas. Make no doubt about that. This is it. You got to be there early. You got to be properly screened. And we do this to help out the fans who are listening, especially our great audience who listens outside the Vegas market. Mad Max Crosby will join us in the second hour of the show. He's having a defensive player of the year type of season. He's in the hunt for that award halfway through the season, which is pretty special. Uh, We'll talk about everything that's happened to him, what's surrounding the organization, but mostly we want to preview the Kansas City Chiefs. Steve Palazzolo, great insider from Pro Football Focus. I'll get into some of the numbers on Patrick Mahomes, which are unique and fascinating to me coming into this game. And then Bob Fesco from Kansas City, their biggest sports talk host. So he has me on. I have him on. We tend to go at each other. He's a Kansas City guy. I'm a Vegas guy. He's going to join us next hour, and we'll give you a preview of what the Kansas City Chiefs are all about. Am I worried about this game? I'm not using the word worried. I never used the word scared once in my life. I'm concerned because Kansas City's due to play a great game. They're due to play a great game. And guess who else is? The Raiders. When was the last time the Raiders played a great game start to finish? It's hard to find. You might have to go back to Pittsburgh. You really have to go back to Pittsburgh to see the type of game that you like, that the Raiders had control of the game and put it away, and then the 30 unanswered points against Philadelphia. That was a good point in that game, even though Philadelphia didn't go away in the fourth quarter. I'm going to be preaching until Friday when we have Jim Plunkett on that this is a point now where the team has to be completely at its best going forward. They have to be at their best going forward on the field if they're going to run out and win a lot of these games on the schedule the rest of the way. We'll get into that throughout the broadcast today. Joining me is the president of the Las Vegas Raiders, Dan Ventrelli, as the Raiders want to make you aware of the two alternate screening locations coming up for this game on Sunday. Dan, good seeing you the last couple of days. Thanks for coming on. 
Hey, thanks for having me, JT. Appreciate it. All right, let's jump right in here because I think the organization has done a great job because my son went through this process. My friends go through this process when they come from out of town. And I think this is arguably the biggest game Sunday night in Raider history with fans here. So let's talk about the new screening and how it could help all fans involved. Yeah, thanks a lot, JT. I mean, the the easiest way for fans to do it is on the Clear app. We've had over 152,000 people download and upload their vaccination information on that clear app so all that information is still on the website raiders.com forward slash clear there's an instructional video a step-by-step process to figure out how to do it we've had great success a lot of people do that but there are some situations where that alternate screening is necessary if someone's partially vaccinated or has a uh, an international vaccination card or if they're under 14 and so for this game that'll be run on sunday only the day of the game mm-hmm. from one to seven in two locations, B lot on the North side and J lot on the South side. So it's one, it's only the one day, but we've increased staff there to accommodate that um, given that it's a night game and hope to create an efficient process where fans can come in without having to wait. In line. Yeah. Fantastic. Cause it's a big crowd there. And uh, Dan, let's stay on the international fans that are coming in. Uh, that was really important because the Raiders are global and there's a lot of fans coming in from Mexico, from around the country, Canada, Europe, when they get here, they have to have that screening and it's important that they know what to do and they do it well in advance. Correct. And it's been an efficient process and I've been there each of the weeks and it's amazing how many people are coming to the games from Canada and Mexico and Germany. We've seen throughout people from throughout Europe. So it's been a it's been a great process of just almost learning the fans as well. Realizing how many international fans are at our games. It's really been impressive. As we stay with this game on Sunday night and the vision when you were here initially coming in and scouting this location and then picking this location to build the stadium, the process of building it and then you get to the first year where there are no fans. That Kansas City game was something. Raiders had the lead with a minute 43 to go, had a chance to sweep Kansas City. Now Kansas City comes in on Sunday night football, coming off the Rolling Stones last week, all of these big events that are coming here. Dan, is it fair for me to say that this could be and should be the biggest game ever for fans because it's prime time on Sunday night? Well, I think you hit it right on the head, right? That game was a close game last year. It went down to the wire. We unfortunately lost it in the end but we lost it in an empty building. And we're very aware of the strength of Raider Nation, the home field advantage that our fans give us. And we know that they're going to be loud. They're going to be supportive. It's going to be a great environment in that building. And we genuinely believe that the fans in the building and the excitement that that creates, right, could be the difference between winning and losing. And so we're looking forward to having the fans be there for this game and couldn't be more excited about that. Dan Ventrelli is our guest, president of the Raiders. Dan, let's talk about a couple of recent events. We'll start with the death of Tina Tintor and what happened with the fatality accident with Henry Ruggs III, the impact that it had on you, the organization, and clearly the victim in this and how important it is. It's a global story. It's a hard story to cover. I know it's had a lot of effect on people, not only in the community. What is the message from you and the Raider organization to this community after that awful fatality? Well, most importantly, JT, we're devastated by the loss of life and our our thoughts and prayers about the victim's family. That's the, that's the most important thing. Um, you know, but, and beyond that, we're, we're mindful of the fact that we have a responsibility to the community. We have to, um, make the right decisions and be 
the right presence in this community. We love the way the communities embraced this team, and we feel a great sense of obligation to do right by it. So um, it's a painful decision to to move on from players always, but um, you know, in this situation, obviously the most important thing is making sure that we understand the magnitude of the loss of life, give great respect and appreciation to that, and and support um, the family in any way we can and make sure we're doing right by the community. Let's go to Damon Arnett with him being released. We we heard that what Mike Mayock said and played it here on our flagship station. Another big mistake from a young man who had everyone, everything in front of him, and the fact that the Raiders will not tolerate this type of behavior in person, online, what were your thoughts when you found the news on this and had to make the decision within the organization as president with the owner? Yeah, we had a lot of discussion. It was along the lines of what Mike said. You know, we just simply can't stand for this, right? Somebody threatening to take a life on a video with a gun is not something that we can ever tolerate or stand for. It's wholly unacceptable to the organization, and it's contrary to our values. Um, and so it's it, something like that can't be tolerated at all. It's not who we are in the locker room. It's not who we are in the community. Um, and, you know, in, in, in all these situations, you want to help the person. You want to support the young man, even if they've made mistakes. But that can't be done as a Raider. That can't be done as a, as a member of this team and this community. And, again, we feel a great sense of responsibility to do the right thing in this community. We appreciate the way the community supported us. And as Mike said, we just we just can't stand for that. Yeah, uh, rightfully so. And what I think is interesting now is you hear the background noise. We're, we're dealing with it here on the radio where people ask, is Vegas a tougher town than in other markets? And you know how long I've lived in this market and how much I love this team. And I say it could happen in Miami, Los Angeles. It could happen in Milwaukee, anywhere else. But for the Raiders now going forward, it seems like the message has always been clear to the players before they came to Vegas. And now that they're in Vegas, handle your business respect the shield, think of the shield and your family, and make great decisions going forward. And it seems like the Raider community wants to hear that, and especially the non-Raider fans in this market who you're dealing with and, and fans who are thinking about becoming Raider fans down the road. What's your message to them? Yeah, I think you're right. You know, you can. Every team has its challenges. You can find trouble in Times Square. You can find trouble on South Beach. Um, any community has its distractions, but... Um, our overriding message to the team and the community is uh, we need to do the right thing and expect the players to do the right thing, and there are consequences um, when they don't. So that's where we are. Dan Ventrelli. Dan, thank you. So, again, to recap this, this will be Sunday only, 1-7, to and there's two locations for clearing here, Lot B and obviously Lot J, and there'll be extra staff available that day. Yeah, that's excellent. Thank you. We're so proud of this program you know jt we've had over fourteen thousand people get their first shot to either on site or off site to be able to come to a raiders game so you know the impact that that's made on the health of the community is important to us we're creating a, a healthy environment in the stadium the health and safety of our fans is always a top priority so we look forward to an enthusiastic environment in that building on sunday night and Thank you for all your help supporting it. You got it, Dan. Thank you. I'll see you this weekend. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Bob. All right. Dan Vantrelli, the president of the Raiders. They should be really proud of the amount of people that got vaccinated at Allegiant Stadium. That was the whole point of this. whole point of this was to have a safe environment. I know other people, some people didn't understand it, and it's old news. 
Now the fact is make it easier for people to come in on game night so it's not a clog-up situation and everybody could get in easier. Remember that first game and how quick Mark Davis, Dan Ventrelli, the entire organization, clear the company, had to put this together. Once Mark Davis made that decision that you had to be vaccinated, it was very important. It was done very efficiently. You know, I've spent some time with Dan and known Dan for a long time, but over the last couple of days, yesterday I was at the uh, Raiders Golf Classic, the first one ever at Shadow Creek. What an event. And then the night before the kickoff party was at the Mayfair Supper Club inside the Bellagio. There were 21 alumni there. 21. No team in football does this. Nobody. I mean, the Raiders do this all the time. And a lot of people are hurting. And a lot of people are themselves, but you can tell something's missing. You look everybody in the eye and you talk to them. Everybody's hurting because of Tina Pinter passing away and how she lost her life. And we're all trying to grip with it. And as I've said on this show, is that nothing matters more than that victim, the dog that perished, and that family, and how they heal through this if they can ever do that. And this community hopefully coming together after a tragedy, which this community has done in the past several times. But I'm heartbroken by it. I've talked about it all the time. I mean, I was on a radio I was on a radio show today and I had to pull myself together cuz someone asked me and they, they asked a question, you know, how are the players reacting to the loss of rugs? And I paused and said, I have no idea. How would I know that? There's 53 players on the roster, the practice squad, all the people that work in the organization. I can't tell you what every individual's going through. Some people are, are really having a difficult time here. And I'm just a talk show host, talking football mostly. I don't know what people are going through. I know what I'm going through. That's it. And a couple of people that I confide in. And it's been tough. Imagine what it's like to focus on football. Imagine what it's like to have your first ever head coaching job in Rich Passaccia and have to navigate through this. Okay, that's what they're doing. That's why I said that the organization has come together, but especially the fans. The fans need to come together and be a family, which is what I tell everybody that I talk to about the Raiders. The Raiders are a family, and their fans are a monster family and army. And the bickering, the bickering, hey, this guy didn't play well. Carr turned it over three times. I get it. We all get it, and we cover it, and we cover all of it. But there's got to be a family aspect about this that everybody understands the pain at the organizational level, in the locker room, and the fans. We're all on the same page with that. Some are hurt more than others, and they're trying to win football games. So looking back on this, I don't care if we look back on this five years, 20 years from now, there will never be an event like this, a single season like this, ever. Ever again. And I don't have to cross my fingers or anything. I can tell you nothing will ever be like this again for an NFL team, hopefully, let alone the Raiders, that they'd have to navigate through this, and they're 5-3. and three. So from a football side, I'm very encouraged. And this is the game, if you've been listening to me for 23 years or 23 minutes, this is the game I get up for the most. Because I always thought that the Kansas City organization had a good idea with Raiders Week. They hate the Raiders, and they make it a priority to beat the Raiders. Dating back to Marty Schottenheimer and Gunther Cunningham, if you don't know those two names, Google them. Marty Schottenheimer and Gunther Cunningham, and all they wanted to do was beat the Raiders, and they instituted Raiders Week. They didn't have Chargers Week, and they never had Broncos Week. And the Raiders are enemies to all of those teams 
They're in the head of those teams from the 60s all the way till now. And those fans and those organizations want to kick our ass. And when they do, they start collar popping, walking around like they own the joint. Chargers have never won nothing that ever mattered, ever. And now you got media in L.A. getting gift baskets after every win, waiting for them, gift baskets in front of their microphone every time they win a game. Then you got Kansas City, rightfully so. They've had tremendous success recently. They've won two Super Bowls. The Raiders have won three. The Raiders have more Hall of Famers. The Raiders have always been a better team than Kansas City until recently. Until recently, and Denver's had great success. Denver's had great success, you know, with John Elway, Peyton Manning, and they've come on strong in the last 10 years, mostly because of Peyton Manning putting them in two Super Bowls. So with all that being said, everybody is coming after the Raiders, and this week we have Kansas City. And all I'm doing, so confirmed, Max Crosby, confirmed Villa Piano, confirmed Romanowski, confirmed Eric Allen, I'm bringing in the guy. I'm bringing in the biggest guys here. I'm bringing in the big boys who are going to go after Kansas City in a respectable manner and tell us how to win the game. Because I didn't go into the Chicago game must win. Come on, crazy, crazy. I didn't go into the Eagles game. Oh my God, this is a must win. And I'm not going into this game. It's a must, must win. But I'm damn close. This game needs to be exceptional. Everybody needs to play better. Everybody's got to have the rust off of them. Everybody's got to do their job right out of the gate. I don't want to see a typical two minutes to go in the first quarter. Raiders down 7-0. They can't get anything going. Come out, balls out. Come out with a double reverse. Come out with a trick play. Come out with an onside kick. I don't care what you do. Come out with something to get that crowd going. And then I think that the Raiders' defense – is in a better situation that they've been in in years to play Mahomes. But part of me says Mahomes is due. I don't like that coming into this game. He didn't score against Green Bay in the second half. He could barely move the ball against the Giants. But the one guy who wants to play the Raiders more than anybody is Tyreek Hill. He, he bought the cheetah. He jumps around all week. He's like, oh, this is, these are the guys I love. I got Trayvon Mer- Merrick. He's never played against us. Oh, I got Jonathan Abram. Oh, bring them here. Okay, so he's ready to go. Kelsey's been mm, not the typical Kelsey. And Mahomes, I mean, Ryan Clark said on television that he's broken. Ryan Clark and, and other people saying he's broken. I'm not going there. Oh, I'm not poking that beast. Last thing I'm doing, you're not going to hear much of me poking Holmes this week. You don't want to see that guy get going. So all of this is coming together, coming into a Sunday. I'm going to have one of the best Sundays of my life. I said that. I bookend it with the, the Rolling Stones on Saturday night and Kansas City the following Sunday night. I'm living my life. I'm I'm having fun when I'm allowed to have fun. I'm paying a lot of money to sit in those seats and go to games, and then I have the greatest job in the world because I get to be involved with this team behind the scenes. And I'm going to enjoy it because it's been hard this year with what's happening off the field for all of us. So, going to get you on the radio to get you going. I want A-game phone calls the rest of the week. They're listening in Kansas City. Oh, they're listening in Kansas City. They got this They got this thing queued up. They're listening here. So I'm looking for my A-list veteran callers, regulars, new ones, new ones who can come in 
because I elevate that stuff. I try to get you better. So I want to hear from you this week on the importance of this game. We're putting in the game plan. I'm interviewing the coach tomorrow back in the facility, and I want to be able to be buttoned up on what should be the key to this game plan. 702-365-9200. That's 702-365-9200. Give me a concise, passionate phone call on what it's going to take to beat Kansas City. Got to win this game. A win would be marvelous. It would be 6-3 and three with a division win over Kansas City. It'd be unbelievable to have this win in the pocket. You get to six wins here. And again, they've struggled in the past getting to six. But if they get to six now, it's going to put them in a great position to make the playoffs. I, you notice I didn't talk playoffs before the Kansas City game. Notice that. Okay? I could sound playoff. I could, be, I, might, <laughs> I could sound a little playoff loopy on Monday. Probably not. And look, this is a team that's going to be in the hunt. And they got to play well. I just hope they play well. You know what I mean? I just want to see a really good game. I didn't see a good game when they played Tom Brady last year. I didn't see a good game against Buffalo. I didn't see good games against Chicago. I want to see a great game. And I want you to see a great game. And look, Kansas City fans are coming. They bought tickets. They're buying them from anybody who will sell them to them. I hope Raider fans aren't selling their tickets knowingly to anybody else. The brokers, the scoundrels that have the tickets and are selling them to Kansas City fans, you understand why. It's a hot ticket. It's a really hot ticket. It's the first time the Chief fans could ever see a game here. You don't think there's going to be a few in the house? There will. So wear black. Wear black. Come in ready to go and be excited and proud of the Raiders. They need your support now. And I know that a couple of these players really let you down. They let you down in tragic form. Uh, but the other guys didn't, including Max Crosby, who's coming up. Right? Max Crosby didn't let you down. He's playing his ass off. And you should get behind him this week on Raider Nation Radio. 702-365-9200. Big Al in San Francisco knows the Raiders well. Big Al, what do the Raiders have to do to win this game? Run the ball, control the clock. I mean, it's almost the same thing as last year, even though Kansas City's not as good as they were. You certainly on the defensive side of the ball, but you got to keep the ball out of, you know, out of 15's hands. And if you keep the ball out of his hands, and you're able to get some, you know, good traction using, uh, using Drake and and, uh, and Jacobs and controlling the clock 35 minutes, uh, they should be they should do well. They did well last year. If we remember, they beat them there and they beat them good there. And came in, you know, they came into Las Vegas and you know, they, it was a, the game went down to the last, you know, last drive of the game. Just keep the ball away from him because if you don't keep the ball away from him, he's going to make things happen. He's too good, and he still has a good cast. Hey, Big Al, hey, Big Al, this team's been very conservative in the running game. I mean, you could be asking. It's a really good phone call from you. And on paper, it sounds well. It sounds good on the radio. But if you run the ball, if you get stuffed on third and one, third and two, because you're running into a pile behind a bunch of 300-pound guys and a fullback, and they know it's coming – I've watched this team this year. I'm not very confident in a game plan that's based on the running game when Derek Carr is second in the league in passing. Oh, that's where you have the play-action pass. And when you're down at your third and three, third and two, you mix it up a little bit, and you have you know you have two tight ends who can play. We all know we all know you know uh, Waller can play, and I happen to think Foster Moreau is incredibly you know mm-hmm. underrated. You've got to use your weapons, and you have to use them wisely. But if you need to be able to control the clock. You, ha- you don't have a deep game right now. That was evident against the Jets, mm-hmm. against the Giants last week. 
and they're playing single high safety because they know they didn't have to worry about anybody flying past them. But in, you know, in this, so you can, if you don't, if you can't stretch the field, you got to make use of the resources that you have. The Raiders happen to have very, very good resources, but maybe not beyond 25 yards. So run the ball, use the play action, control the clock. Big out, way to start us off. That's what I like. That's the type of calls I want today. I want a game plan call. I want a guy calling in. He said, I think he, he's pretty extreme, and usually the run isn't an extreme. But he's saying, look, take the ball away from Mahomes. Take the ball away from Mahomes. You really want a two fans going into this game. You're one of the fans saying, look, there's going to be a shootout. Better have your mind set up for a shootout. That's what I've said the last couple of years against this team. If, if you're not willing to put up 34 points against Kansas City, don't show up. If you can't, if you don't have a game plan that's going to put up 34 points, then then you're not going to win. Now you might be able to hold them like Green Bay did and the Giants did, and they're struggling. But we all know that they're due to have a big offensive game. They got healthy players. Kelsey's playing. Mahomes is playing. Tyreek Hill's playing. Hardman's playing. They got guys who can make plays. So do you want to run the ball? Do you want to do a little trickeration? Do you want to attack deep downfield? I mean, that's why they got out, went out and got Deshaun Jackson, who is going to speak here in a little bit. So Coach Passaccia is going to speak. Uh, speak. Also, we're going to have the ability to – I'd like to take Deshaun Jackson's. We have a couple of interviews at that time, but we should be able to try to get some of the Deshaun Jackson interviews. 702-365-9200. Thank God I give out the area code because all the calls are from the Bay Area. Tim in San Jose, thanks for calling. How are you, Tim? Hey, JT. Love listening to the show, my man. Good to hear from you. What's happening? Hey, JT. For me, you know, this red zone uh, efficiency, what are we, 27th, needs to change. Mm -hmm. What I think about is that 2016 season, right, when we our red zone efficiency at that point, at that year, you know, was pretty good from Mm -hmm. what I remember. And the one thing that I remember that Carr did a lot of then was those fade routes, those fade passes that he did, right? And those right back shoulder... Uh, back shoulder corner of the end zone, you know, you'd have Crabtree, uh, Rivera, uh, Holmes there just to, to, to snag it. And I'm, I'm surprised I haven't seen a lot of that from him since that season because that was just our go-to, uh, you know, just, just to get it in the end zone. He just he tossed it up and it would get grabbed. And we have a guy like Waller and Edwards that, in my opinion, are capable of that. But I don't see a lot of that play. I know it's a different offense. But I like to see a lot of those. Hey, but teams. Tim, I'll tell you, Tim, you got to. Aren't you shocked by me? Like I am. I'm in shock that Waller isn't getting fade routes to the corner of the end zone. I'm in shock. Oh, I agree. I mean, yeah. I, I, where are where is that play? I mean, you all you could defend on that is that the safety's coming over, so they're double teaming Waller on a high point fade, which is fair if that's the look and Derek doesn't want to attack it. I get it, but then then you got to move. You got to put Waller in motion. You got to do something. Right before the ball snap, you got to move Waller. You got to move him so he doesn't have that locked in double team. And then just throw him a high ball fade. Let him go up like an NBA power forward and go catch a couple of these touchdowns. Exactly, exactly. I saw a lot in 2016. The other thing too, a lot of the passes where that where the wide receiver comes up in the corner of the end zone and they get on their knees. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about here. And he throws in the only spot where they can get yeah. it in that corner. You know what I'm talking about? There was a lot of that in 2016, too. Crabtree did a lot of that then. But those are the two plays I remember a lot that year that just worked well. And I'm just, you know, want to throw that out there. I like yeah. to see a little change. Appreciate it. And then Mariota, too. Mariota, too. And that's it. I'll leave it at that. Well, look, Thank you, JT. That's a great point about Mariota. Let me say this again. 
I believe, I don't know this to be accurate, I have an opinion. My opinion is Derek doesn't want to come off the field. Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to come off the field when he can add to his stats and get a touchdown. So to take Derek off the field and put Mariota in, I don't think Derek wants that, but he'll do it. He'll tell you on the on the record that he's a great teammate and he'll do it, which is fine. But we're getting to the point now, if this team does not score in the red zone, that Mariota has to be an option. He must be an option. We're brought to you by Woodson Whiskey, Hall of Fame and Raiders icon Charles Woodson. He built a legend on the gridiron. Charles is coming in this week. I'm calling this Charles Woodson weekend as Charles Woodson is getting his Pro Football Hall of Fame ring. And he's taking that same dedication to his new craft, his spirit line, Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. It's finished in the same wine barrels that Charles makes his wine, which gives it a spicy caramel finish. It's available now at more than 70 Las Vegas grocery stores, 70, also liquor stores. I mean, they're doing an amazing job getting Woodson Whiskey out here in Vegas and throughout Michigan and Florida. Charles is always on Instagram or on his social media showing you. He's grinding. He's showing up at liquor stores. He's showing up at grocery stores because this is his life. This is his name. This is his Hall of Fame brand. If it wasn't your game day whiskey already, it is now. Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. All right, coming up, Max Crosby at the top of the hour. Steve Palazzolo. And also, we'll hear from a really good Kansas City insider, Bob Vesco. So the rest of the next half hour, I got room for your phone calls. Let's get them in here on what the Raiders need to do to win the game. Your key to the game as I bring in the great legends of the Raiders all the rest of the week because of the severity of this game and the importance of what has to happen on Sunday night in front of a national audience. When we come back, Aaron Rodgers got a slap on the wrist and Raider fans should be pissed. The most difficult thing is sustained greatness, I think, in any sport. I believe that's Pat's destiny. He's already established an incredible level of play, and he probably will for the next 10 or 15 years, depending on how long he wants to play. But that is definitely the most difficult thing because they are just waiting for you to show a chink in the armor, a slight fall off, so that they can, you know, they can bury you. Aaron Rodgers, I have a lot to say about him. JT, back with you. Uh, we're looking to hear from Las Vegas Raider fans in Las Vegas. 702-365-9200 about this game if you want to get through. Max Crosby sometime after practice at the top of the hour. And then a whole bunch of individuals speaking today. We'll try to carry maybe one of it. I'd like to hear what Deshaun Jackson has to say about this game. Again, he should be ready to go. He's got to be ready to go. He's been running. Eric Allen, who I can't wait to have on tomorrow. Eric Allen says he runs two routes, just two. And he runs them as good as anybody who's ever played in this league. Ever. Like Hall of Fame level. So I'm really excited about that to hear about what he can do and how he could be ready to run those two deep routes. That's what he does. He runs go routes. He runs the top uh, upper part of that tree. And hopefully he gets open or he brings a safety over the top. He brings the honey badger over with him. And then say, say Jackson's running up the left sideline like a sprinter. So he's got to get a quick release. And then he goes. And Carr pump fakes to him. Carr lets you know that he's looking there. How about Waller just cutting across the middle of the field as a high safety is going to Jackson, and Waller catches something in stride? That's what I want to see in this game. 
Let's see some crossing routes. Let's get some bodies moving across the middle of the field. You know, not a, hey, a five-yard out, a 10-yard in. Let's get some creativity, which I know Greg Olson and Johnny Morton have. I know them both, and they're really good offensive minds, but it's going to be what Kansas City gives them. And then Gus Bradley, Gus Bradley basically, I heard Clay this morning with Heidi, they did a really nice job talking about the success Gus has had in this rivalry with the Chargers and how he's done a pretty good job at keeping Mahomes in check. Well, it'd be nice if he can do it here too. This is a team that has to play well, no dumb penalties, and just be lined up correctly. That's what I want to see here. And with Gus's defense, it's, it's easy to get lined up correctly. But then you have to stay in that discipline when Mahomes gets outside the pocket. As a lot of fans know who have been watching Mahomes since he came into the league against the Raiders, be careful what you wish for. Because if Mahomes is taken off and the pocket's breaking down, he's one of the greatest of all time. He is. I put him on the list with Fran Tarkenton and John Elway of a guy. And Favre. Favre was one of the best of all time outside the pocket here. Uh, let me get Jay in Vegas up. Jay, how are you? Thanks for holding. Go ahead. Uh, doing good, JT. Thanks for taking my call, as always. Yep. Um, JT, I'm a huge boxing fan, and I know you're a big boxing fan. How I look at this game, I think the Raiders need to play the role of Julio Cesar Chavez against Meldrick Taylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got to make this game ugly on both sides of the ball. Now, I understand that you know we're not running the ball uh, efficiently right now. Um, and Josh Jacobs, you know, I know he's hurt and he hasn't been as productive this year. I want to see a lot of Kenyon Drake. And what I want to see is I want to see a lot of I want to see some screen passes. I think that's a, a good way that we can uh, uh, get the run game starting to go with some screen passes and holding on to that ball and uh, you know and, and dominating the clock. I, I, I second uh, getting uh, Waller uh, involved and especially Foster Murrow. I think if we could put those two tight ends in there and just keep giving them body blows and and you know uh, just just making it an ugly game uh, defensively. I would like to see the corners up against, uh, you know, the receivers of the Chiefs. Uh, get them off their route immediately. Uh, uh, get Just just, just beat. Well, you got to be careful with that. Hold on. you got to be careful hitting Tyreek Hill at the line of scrimmage. I've always said that, and I've always said it about Kelsey. Kelsey, I agree with. Kelsey, you got to have K.J. Wright or whoever's there, Littleton. Littleton. Littleton was signed to this organization for Travis Kelsey. What is Littleton doing in this organization if he doesn't play well in this game? He was brought in to put his hands on Kelsey at the line of scrimmage and do something. He's got to play well, but I'd be really careful, my friend, trying to stop Tyreek Hill at the line of scrimmage because of a head fake, and he's gone. And, and you can't catch up to him where you can catch up to Kelsey and some of these other guys. got to be careful with that. Oh, I agree. I agree with you on that, and I, especially uh, with uh, Littleton. I mean, Littleton's supposed to complement our defensive line. The defensive line has been playing great, and he needs to be a, a complement to that. And I say, I mean, he really needs to play a good game against Travis Kelsey. I mean, he's going to be on the spotlight. And to end the game, I think we need to take a shot. Kind of like how, how uh, uh, Chavez uh, uh, put down Mother Taylor at the end. Send Deshaun Jackson out on a goal route. Send him out to the post and, and, and put him away. But I want to see aggressiveness. I want yeah. to see hardcore aggressiveness. Thanks. Thank for you. Taking my call Appreciate here. it. Thanks for calling in. There has to be one of those plays or two of the plays to win this game. I mean, you have to have a big shot at some point in this game if you're going to win it. You're not going to win this game being conservative. You're not going to win this game 20-17 to 17 by running the ball all game. You're not. You know there's going to be a point in the game either the Raiders are trailing 
or it's close, it's a tie game, and they're going to have to put the game away by going deep and making a big play. You know, I feel the plan for Sunday needs to just to be to attack Kansas City. Be aggressive. Force him to double Waller. Then feed it to Foster. I can easily see Foster having a big contribution Sunday. You know, try to get at least two, two TDs from the tight end position. Maybe more. With Waller getting two and maybe one for Foster. And don't be afraid to use the Mariota package. Third and two. They can't stop him twice. So it's third and two. You got two plays. Third down and fourth down. You cannot stop him twice. Defense, you know, the defense has got to just do a great job. They're not going to blitz. Max and Yannick, we're going to talk to Max coming up here maybe in 20 to 30 minutes. I'll ask him that. He's got to get home in this game. Max gets home. He's got to get home in this game. And when you look at rushing defense and what the Raiders have become, which we're no longer, you know, when you look at what a team does and how many points they're giving up defensively, and rushing yards per game is the one I always look at because that's important to me. And the Raiders are in the bottom five. They're giving up 133.5 rushing yards a game. I mean, that's awful. and That's terrible. The Chargers are giving up 161. Then you got Houston, the Vikings, and Detroit. Two of the five teams are Detroit and Houston. So the Raiders have to do a better job in the interior at stopping the run. Kansas City's giving up 121.8 yards a game. I'd like to see the Raiders get out of this game with 100, I don't know, 130, 135 rushing yards. But every two times Josh runs the ball, he comes off the field banged up. I mean, is, is Josh Jacobs ready? Is he ready to go? It'd be nice if Josh stayed on the field and had a big game because this big Al, the first caller called in, he thought it would have to be ball control and run to win the game. Uh, Jesse out in Stockton. Hello, Jesse. What's happening? Hey, JT. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Um, The the game plan is simple to me here. I mean, I can go on and on about all these other things, screen passes, trying to get Waller, both tight ends involved. I mean, do what's working for us this whole year. We've been relying on Carr. Like you said, Carr is the man for the offense. Mm -hmm. I mean, throw the ball all over the field. And secondly, our rush, uh, our rush, pass rush. We got to take Mahomes down. We've seen last year how we beat him in KC. What was the uh, the recipe for us to win? And that's getting to the passer. If we put pressure on Mahomes all day and not let him get going, obviously that's going to be the key to success. Um, you put pressure like Brady on the Super Bowls, and that breaks pipes. The pressure is going to win the game and pass the ball and do what's best, and that's put the ball in Carr's hands. Thank you, JT. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Thanks for checking in. All right, I wanted to spend a minute here on I was furious today. I was furious today when it came to the fining system last night, which I was on the air live when the NFL came down with the penalty phase for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. What a bunch of garbage. Oh, my God. It's incredible what the league came down with. So basically Aaron Rodgers fined $14,000 in change for not showing up to eight weeks with a mask on for his public appearances. That's what we know of. We don't know the rest of what happened in the building. So that was a, a slap on the wrist, slap on the wrist, and then 300000 to the Green Bay organization for the most, the reigning MVP, the most high-profile player in the league, and that's what they get. Remember the Darren Waller charity event where the Raiders got fined? Remember that? You remember how much John Gruden was fined for his bandana coming down below his face? Remember all that and all the money that the Raiders paid during COVID protocol? And then this garbage happens. What a scam. 
What a scam. So for Aaron Rodgers, he went back on the Pat McAfee show to try to talk a little bit more about this. He apologized because he needs to do this with the corporate clients that he has representing State Farm. They told him to do this. I just wanted to start off the show by acknowledging that, you know, I made some comments that that people might have uh, felt were misleading. You know, to anybody who felt misled by those comments, I take full responsibility for those comments. I'm excited about feeling better. I'm excited about moving forward and hopefully getting back with my team and getting back to doing what I do best, and that's playing ball. It's been tough to be away from it. I've been, you know, obviously dealing with the COVID, and I feel like I'm uh, I'm on the, on the other side of it, thankfully, and thankful to still be able to uh, have something to look forward to this weekend, hopefully. Hopefully. he's not He's not cleared yet to play. More people are vaccinated than not. More people are doing the right thing and getting vaccinated. That's why many more people are vaccinated than not. Okay, pretty simple. There are little five-year-old girls in nursery schools who are getting shots in their arm in kindergarten and are, are, are doing that. Their parents are making that decision for them. I don't want to go down that road. I keep it. I stick to sports. But when it, came to, it comes to Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he had really no explanation for his research other than he listened to Joe Rogan's podcast. I mean, that is ridiculous. One of the most respected athletes of all time is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar came after Aaron Rodgers with both fists verbally. Listen to Kareem. I think there is a double stranded. Rodgers is very valuable to the NFL, and he has a lot of fans, and uh, I don't think they're going to do anything of a serious nature to discipline him. His lack of responsibility you know, for his friends, family, team, staff, and fans that he lied to and exposed to COVID-19, it, it shows a lack of moral character that can't be ignored. Rogers deliberately misled his team and the public with a liable mission. Those type of lies really are the type of things that destroy confidence. So as a liar, how can he be trusted to endorse products? Worse, he's damaged the uh, image of professional athletes as role models and potentially hurt their financial opportunities as spokespersons. That should be put on a plaque. What Kareem said, I agree with everything he said. And again, wherever you stand on the vaccine or not, Aaron Rodgers lied and the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers got a slap on the wrist. Slap on the wrist. And if you're a Raider fan, you got to Once again, you have another example, not a conspiracy theory. I'm not that guy. You have another example to say, are you bleeping kidding me? Look what the league does to us and look what the league does to them. You have a no- I should write a book on that. Paul Gutierrez, all the authors writing books with Lincoln Kennedy. They're unbelievable books. They tell the story. I should just write a book about what's happened over the last four months or two years with the league and how the league is treating the Raiders. Now, the Raiders have done some things, clearly. But when you look at the Raiders' failed protocol at times, absolutely. But treat everybody fairly. Evenly. What's going on here? This is an injustice against the Las Vegas Raiders. How do you see it any other way? I'm laying out the facts for everybody. 702-365-9200. Monday night, this Monday night, I'll be at Doghouse Saloon inside Resorts World. It's the newest property, the most expensive, biggest on the Strip. That's why we're there. Doghouse is the place to watch football. There's not a bad seat in the house. And the sports book is inside Doghouse. So when you get there, you just get up from your seat. 
There's going to be music afterwards. The food's incredible. They have drink specials, and then you can place your bets there. Go to Doghouse to watch the game inside Resorts World and enjoy the experience. I mean, I'm doing you a favor because if you go there to watch the game, afterwards you're going to walk around the entire property. You're going to walk around Resorts World and go, I had no idea. This place is fabulous. It's incredible. I love being there. It's Doghouse Saloon at Resorts World Las Vegas, our official home for Monday Night Football. All right, when we come back, we got a short segment before Max Crosby. We got a Kansas City insider and a national insider in Steve Palazzolo. Uh, the rest of the week, bringing in big Raider legends to preview the Kansas City Chiefs and a big weekend in town for the great Charles Woodson. There's going to be people that don't like you and they don't, don't and, and, and hate you for things you said or might not even understand what you said or know what you said. It might just seem a, a headline, and that's fine. I believe that people are entitled to their opinion, and even if it's the opinion that's unfavorable of me. But I'm going to continue to try and be the best version of me uh, moving forward, and I'm excited about uh, getting back on the field as soon as possible. I've always been a fan of Aaron Rodgers. I think he's a great player, fantastic player. His name came up here. His name came up here as one of the greats of all time. Could he be interested in the Raiders when he was talking about all this? I got no problem with that conversation. I just think recently what's happened with the way he handled being immunized instead of vaccinated and the fact that the league, the league knew he wasn't vaccinated and didn't tell us, nor we didn't have the right to know that. But everything else leaks. Leaks affect the Raiders. And no one leaked that. And no one in the media found out about that. We're brought to you by Remy Martin, and Remy Martin would like to remind you, please drink responsibly this holiday season. Before heading out this holiday season, plan to drink sensibly when you get out there, or not at all. Keep in mind, pace yourself, have drink spacers, make every other drink a non-alcoholic one, make plans to get home self- safely. If you're buzzed, don't drive, it's not worth it. Consider a rideshare service like Lyft or Uber. Remy Martin is an excellent choice to celebrate this holiday season. So is having a designated driver. Remy Martin, team up responsibly. Stoner dude. Good st- segue. How are you, brother? Brother, what's happening? Hey, man, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago, I was bragging to everybody on uh, Derek Carr, because I'm a Derek Carr fan. I've been a Derek Carr backer through the good and bad. And a couple weeks ago, he, he played like a surgeon, JT. He was efficient. He was accurate. He was hitting all his receivers. I mean, he was he was uh, all the detractors. He was blowing everybody away, and all of a sudden, everybody's talking great about Derek Carr. But then last week, he did. He had one of his worst games in a while, and it was just sad to see. And I know a lot of people say, "Oh, they're professionals, and they sh- they shouldn't have emotions, or they should just get to work." But JT, you and I have been around a little while. Sometimes things just get in your head, and you don't even know why, but it happens. And there's been so much going on this past month. My head's still spinning and my stomach's still turning. But I put this on Derek Carr this week just to play his best game. Patrick Mahomes makes too many plays at the last split second. He's like a Jedi Knight. He's like Neo sometimes, JT, some of the magic powers that he has. So we got a lot of youthful 
uh, uh, defensive backs. We can blitz them. We can hit them with these linebackers. We can't let them make these little split last-second plays to beat us. Uh, and I want to talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers, JT. I mean, everything you've said about him, I understand where you're coming from a million percent. But I'll tell you what makes me a lot more pissed right now, JT. I just read that Ice Cube just turned out $9 million for a movie because he's not vaccinated. And I'll tell you the truth, JT, I'm not vaccinated, and i got to eat that. I can't go to the games. I'm bummed about it. But when I see Ice Cube opening up at halftime opening day, and I can't get a medical exemption, but Ice Cube can get a celebrity exemption, I'm a lot more pissed about that. But i got to eat that right now. But i still got to talk about it. Um, This game, 31-28, Raiders. I can't wait to hear Bill Phil Villapiano, he hates the Chiefs more than anybody. <laughs> Get him fired up, JT. I'm looking forward to that call. Thanks for having yeah, me on today. Yeah, you got it there. And I'm, I'm sorry that your situation not getting to the games because you're a great friend of mine. I love you. I love you to be sitting next to me, Stoner Dude, at some of these games. Yeah, Phil's coming in uh, tomorrow at 1230. He said to remind him twice. So that's good. So Phil's locked in. And then there's going to be a lot happening around Charles Woodson at the stadium coming in on Sunday. Bills happen. So when you need extra cash, go to BillsHappen.com. If your credit cards are maxed out, do you have bad credit? A lot of people do. You can get up to $5,000 cash as early as tomorrow with people I know and trust. BillsHappen.com. Go to BillsHappen.com.